Hello, welcome back to Turf Talk. My name's Lewis Tomlinson and it's another Cheltenham meeting with Caspian Cavi, our big handicap. We've got the Friday and the Saturday to go through as well. Nice racing as well, the international hurdle, the return of Goshen and here to go through it all with me. As per usual, is a big man, James Watson. How are we doing, mate? Doing smashy. Uh, had the big 22 this week, two little ducks. Uh, didn't really celebrate much. Sat and ate food and watched telly. Um, but an enjoyable week so far. And we're going into this weekend looking forward to Cheltenham. One of the, a card that I really enjoy, the Caspian Caviar being the highlight with the international on the undercard. Uh, the return of Goshen and... Hopefully Tommy Tucker jumps round. Hopefully, mate, what could possibly go wrong? Watson's had a birthday. Halifax Town has scored 13 goals in a week. <laughs> I'm on Kelly for 90 seconds. So, obviously, Sky Pirate will win. Uh, I guess the place to start is the big handicap of the meeting. It is a Caspian Caviar Gold Cup at 150, and they bet 6-1 to one Master Tommy Tucker, 13-2 to two Windsor Avenue. Sevens Al Dancer, fifteen to two Sapage, eights Cool Cody, twelves Midnight Shadow, Chatham Street Lad, and the Reserve Musical Slave, fourteen to one. Bar them. So this puzzle, Jim, are you siding with your good friend the Tommy Tucker? I, I've been a massive fan of this horse for for a long, long time, and I'm hoping this can sort of be a bit of crowning glory and put a bit of respect on his name. I, I know people last time out in that graduation chase at Haydock. Um, said he sort of proved what sort of animal he was and and he jumped really, really well uh, for a horse that has shown a lot of mistakes. Well, I think in the main he's jumped quite well. I think it's just the occasional one jump that's made the error. Uh, Sam Twiston Davis kept his 100% record on him, having won on him on his debut. Um, he's not on this time, it's Harry Cobden, but you certainly don't have an issue uh, with him there. And he's ridden him most of the times and knows the horse pretty well. Cheltenham is another question mark for the horse. He's done a lot of his winning round flatter tracks. Kempton, Haydock, uh, Chepstow, Exeter, they aren't as unconventional as Cheltenham. That could be a slight worry for him. Um, but he's a horse with a lot of potential and seeing that he's sort of brushed up his jumping potential, I'm really looking forward to seeing him out here. Um, it's going to take a decent performance off of Michael 157. Uh, he is the possible graded horse, uh, horse that could kick in, kick on in this into the Ryanair, for example, uh, out of the lot, in my opinion. Uh, however, I think he's got a cracking chance. I think six to one's a fair enough price about him, and hopefully we'll take all the beating. I agree that I think he's got a chance, and I'd probably have him in my three. Jumping's been better this season. And I don't think 157's a, a horrendous mark. I know he's off top weight, but like you said, he's he's the one in this, so you look at it and you think could turn into the sort of horse winning open graded races. I'm inclined though, mate, slightly to side with Al Dancer, who turned him over at Newton Abbott on the first start of the season. And then ran well third in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, so we know he handles his sort of big handicap. Ended up going off favourite for that Al Dancer. Off the same mark here. I think that's dangerous. Look, he's, he's shorter in the better than Cole Cody, who won that race and has been raised uh, six pounds of that, which isn't unfair to be honest. Six is lenient enough, you know. You get, you get, you know, with, you look at 
what's happened to Vierleon Rouge and Perfect Candidate, you know, in recent weeks, the rises they've been given. And I know it's different over long distances and and winning margins are accentuated because everything's coming home knackered. But cool, cool Cody was a horse who was taking steps forward every, you know, every run. Vierleon Rouge is not suddenly a one five two horse. You know, when he's almost, what, 12, 13? He'll be turning next, uh, next birthday. They'd be the two for me, mate. Master Tommy Tucker and Al Dancer. Windsor Avenue is also prominent in the betting. And he's on a form line through Imperial Aura. Of the same, of the exact same rating as he, as he was second to him at Carlisle. I know that was a listed race rather than a handicap. But Imperial Aura has gone out and won a grade two since. Windsor Avenue's not been, uh, Punished in hindsight by the handicapper for getting to even two and a half lengths of him. He's interested off one four eight. Yeah, certainly yeah. is. Um, there's a there's a few in this that you sort of be willing to give another chance with, and like you said, Al Dancer, he was the best of the most fancied runners in the Paddy Power, wasn't he? Uh, uh, and like you said, he was. Um, Get, giving Master Tommy Tucker six pounds on his first start this season, and look at him now. He's he's now still better off with the at the weights, even though he's beat him. Um, so you'd certainly have to put a, a tick in that column next to him. A horse that I liked for the Paddy Power was the uh, was Sansone, who was the progressive, flashy-looking one that people thought, and he he just fell towards the end. I, I think. He wasn't fluent towards the end of the race. I thought he jumped really well early on, and he's a horse that uh, come with a pretty decent reputation from France. And I think they're just learning a bit more about him. And I think last time they learned that they might need to be more up with the pace with him. I know he, he was he's fairly prominent as it was, but I I feel like if he's ridden more prominently, he might have been of interest. And then you can find out properly if he's a two-mile, four, two-mile horse, because I have a slight feeling that he could be dangerous around a sharp two-mile. Um, he's not short on uh, stamina, but I just feel like he does have a bit of speed to go with it as well. Uh, he's a horse that I'll, I'll retain faith with uh, in in this. Um, you mentioned others like Cole Cody, who won the Paddy Power. You said he's only gone up six. That is quite lenient, as you said. Um you certainly got to give him a, a, a chance in this. It's a it's a close knit race, and I'm I'm hoping that I, I couldn't help but feeling the Paddy Power last time. It slightly failed to deceive. You had your simply the bets um, and horses that were looking to run a pretty decent race in something like this. Looking from last season's form, Mister Fisher Slater House was disappointing, um, and it was sort of failed to deceive as I've mentioned and I'm hoping that this race doesn't I've just got a feeling that Cool Cody could just get passed by a few more progressive ones I know what he did last time was very really good and um, you can arguably mark him up for his performance but you've got Master Tommy Tucker who's likely raced and, and a lot more progressive um, I'd even chuck Windsor Avenue into that I think he's slightly progressive as well um, it's a fascinating renewal yeah, it is. It's a sort of race that I guess, you know, these early big season handicaps are where we're, tradition is, you know, favourite is almost always a horse coming out of their novice campaign, having been a, a, a fraction below 
the very best, and Al Dancer fits into that category very well, as do most of the ones at the top of the betting, your Windsor Avenues, uh, your Master Tommy Tucker's, although we really didn't quite get to see how good Master Tommy Tucker was last season. Uh, the one the one who's most prominent in the betting who doesn't fit that category is Sapage. Obviously, one over course and distance here in January. Would you give him a chance, mate? Back down in trip. They tried him over free at the festival. Yeah, we saw him last time in the Ultima, uh, and he had won a two mile five handicap at Cheltenham prior to that beating Spirit of the Games in La Law, which the form of that uh, he's he's fairly solid. You know where Spirit of the Games is normally. He's normally there or thereabouts in these handicaps, as we saw he's him. Normally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is it? Um, that is a very good question, Mark. Um, that was a question I was going to pose to you. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed he's not here because he's sort of a standing dish in these sorts of races. But you, you go back to his Caspian Caviar uh, last year in 2018, sorry, uh, behind fraud on that was that was a, a really good performance. He is now 12 pound higher than that performance, and he, he will need to step up again. He's sort of been a seasoned campaigner in this race because he was fourth as well last year. Um, so it's a race he's gone well in in the past and you won't be uh, down on his chances going into this year's renewal because he, he's sort of a rock-solid uh, type. And Venetia Williams' horse haven't quite hit overdrive just yet. Normally there's a, there's a Saturday on the season, soft, soft ground where they absolutely motor through it. And we've not quite seen one of them yet. And you never know, this could be the weekend. Yeah, that's fair, mate. Anything at bigger prices? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the return of Benatar. Um, he was really, really progressive early on in his novice chase career. He beat Finian's Oscar um, and was third in the JLT. He didn't quite get back to his, his very best after his novice chase career, but he did have an injury um, and he's been very lightly raced since we, we've only seen him the once uh, from from uh, his third in the Silver Cup to uh, now and that, and that was even then we saw him off the track he, he did work at uh, Newbury on the Labrooks Trophy Open Day or uh, the run round the track for fun day um, <laughs> not a big fan of race course gallops but the Newbury fun run the, the Newbury fun run I think could, could do charity work there. Get get horses to have buckets around the neck, <laughs> collect money for the injured jockeys fund or something like that. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing the return of Benatar. Uh, Annie Max, a horse that I've been a fan of, and and I didn't think she ran as that bad at all in the marsh, stepping up against all of them. I know she was beaten a fair long way. Um, and she was never really able, but she ran with a lot more credit than I was probably thinking. Um, she had a nice return in the old Rowan. A, a good galloped handicap could sort of suit her like this, and she is only a six-year-old. She's she's had a, a, a quite a few races for her, and she's had five chase starts, and three of them are wins. Um, she's a horse I've got a bit of time for. I, I quite like the John Joe O'Neill stables to be running slightly better um, at 25, but She's an admir- admirable mare, and I think she might outrun her odds at 25s. Fair enough, mate. If I were to pull one at a bit of a price, it would be Southfield Stone. His first go in this sort of race, really. Uh, he's not a novice anymore. Uh, he was able to run in novice chases because he didn't win over fences till February, obviously, that concession. 
has gone now. No match for Protectorate last time out. Uh, but he did beat Cool Cody uh, back at the showcase meeting in October. He runs here off 145. Southfield Stones, a horse I've always not struggled to get a grasp on, but he's a little bit one-paced, but he can sustain that pace for a fair way. You know, I, I kind of think he'd, he'd be the same sort of horse over two miles as he would be over three, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, this might seem to best effect here if you can just get a bit of a toe in and if, and if they're scrubbing him along for a fair way out. If the ones at the front are tiring, I think he'll be going forward at the finish, just whether it's slowly and into sixth. Uh, is is another matter, but 20-1, to 1, I could see why that might be tempting. But uh, it's Al Dancer for me. Uh, well, it's Master Tommy Tucker for me. I know it's slightly boring, but it, he's a horse who I've got a lot of time for. Nothing to do with Master Tommy Tucker is ever boring, Jim. Don't give yourself not enough credit for that. Uh, the three o'clock is really is a really, really decent renewal of the international hurdle. Stupid name for a race, but it's a good race this year. Uh, Goshen, 11-4 to favourite. 6-1 to one song for someone. 13-2 to two Soul Royal. 15-2 to two Chittabello. 8-1 to one Silver Streak, 9's Bally Andy, 12's Call Me Lord, 14, Somerville Boy and Vidana Blue, 22-1 to one Stormy Island. This is the best hurdle we'll see in Britain, apart from the champion hurdle on earth. You said it's got a stupid name, it should be the Unibet English Runners in the champion hurdle grade 2 at Cheltenham. Um, what's well, your issue with the international? I did research on it last year, tried to find out how international uh, the race last were actually was. And uh, the horse who was actually from furthest to field in the race last year was like from 20 miles away. <laughs> Pathetic, really, when you think about it. Um, like the you Beulah said, was a good name. What did you say, sorry? The Bueller was a good name, named after yeah. the champion hurdle winner. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I quite like that name. Um, it's a it's an interesting renewal this year because there's horses who I was I was looking at this race the other day and thinking. You forget how old Silver Street is. Like, he's only seven, Silver Street. <laughs> you feel like he's been around for absolute years. Um, but he, he's an admirable sort who lines up in this. But obviously the talking horse going into this will be Goshen. Um, we haven't seen him over hurdles since his devastating unseated in the triumph when looking like he was absolutely going to hose up. We have seen him in two starts on the flat. Um, and they have been slightly disappointing uh, off a mark of 88. You certainly have thought he'd been able to exploit that. A lot of horses, I think even myself, I, I mentioned um, maybe have a bit on him for the e-bar and he, he wasn't right for that but it's good to hear that he's finally coming back into himself. He's missed a few um, targets. The fighting fifth, they didn't want to face Epiton. Uh, fair enough. And the Wing Canton, is it the Kingwell? Um yeah. They've, they've missed that due to his ability uh, score. So, um, I think it's it's the only logical step for Goshen to go. Do I fancy him? Um, not really, but I do think he's a, a fair enough price. I, I, I'm expecting him to probably get hammered at the weekend. Um, a lot of people, non-racing fans, will um, expect him to 
absolutely fly out the gates. And in the season preview with Liam, we talked. I talked about he was my biggest lay of the season. Um, but I, I'm slightly beginning to feel a bit sorry for him. Um, I, I don't like four-year-olds going into champion hurdle grade races. Um, I, I think they just need a season to get with it. Um, there's plenty of time in his career. I, I'm not saying you should take him out for a year, but I I'm, I'm just think that maybe you should campaign him slightly quieter. Um, song for someone's form in this um, is, is probably the best that there is right now um, to beat Goshen. His winning the Coral Hurdle was all a bit, it was a small race and one big reputation horse disappointed, but it was a really good performance for a horse that's progressing rapidly now. Um, he beat Colmy Law by five lengths, made all very good ride by Nico de Bonneville and, uh, and almost stole the race. And I think you can't underestimate uh, him in this. He's he's certainly going to be a pace angle towards uh, this. And you look at other runners, where's the pace going to be coming from? And you'd expect Goshen to be up there. But I think Song for Someone could get a fair enough easy lead. Bally Andy's probably going to be up there. Silver Streak midfield and then you've got Chibello, Chibello who likes to be held up um, we saw so Royal lead last time in the fighting fifth but that was only because Silver Streak and Not So Sleepy were departing fairly early on so it, it's an interesting race because it will properly put a standpoint on where Goshen is uh, and where we stand on him um, but do I fancy him? No do I think he's a good price? Yes um, Lewis, I don't know what you fancy for this, but it's a bit of a head scratcher for me. I'm intrigued to find out why you're so against Goshen. I'm, I'm not. Like last season, I sort of give him the reputation. I, I use the word fruitcake, didn't I? And I, maybe that was slightly insulting looking back on it. I didn't like the way he jumped out to his right arse, Scott, and it seemed to happen. In a, in a few of his starts, I, I know he was unchallenged in most of his victories and, and he was going to be unchallenged at Cheltenham. I'm not fully blown on his jumping as of yet. I know he, he does jump very well, but it's just the out to his right that in this quality of race, he, he could lose out on. His keenness does slightly worry me, even though he ran through that, as we saw in the in the triumph. I, I just I want to see him in a race like this to see where he stands. And I'm I'm not exactly going to go. I, I, I'm not one of them that, although he was impressive in the triumph, I don't think he's the second coming. Would you have been against him then, whether he'd have won by 8 or not, just because he's only been running against juveniles? Probably, yeah. Um, I'm just, I think that's more of a personal thing, in my opinion. I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of um, four-year-olds, well, three-slash-four-year-olds going champion hurdling at, this time of year. I just think they just take a bit more time to progress and having that season on the flat almost tires them a bit or doesn't make them as good as what they were and you look at Deffy Desai for example, he was tried at this route and he just wasn't the same he's, he's a more recent example um, but it's not that I'm against him because I'd be willing to if he runs it with credit here I'll probably look look at him for the, tri- uh, for the champion hurdle because I, I want him to be good, but I, 
don't think he will. So I've sort of hyped myself up for the fact that he won't be. I'm not with you on that. I think he'll win this. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. And I wasn't a huge Jochen fan last season. I'd have had, you know, I was really keen on Solo for the triumph. And I'd have also had all mankind ahead of him. But I don't think you can argue with how impressive he would have been. I think the form, albeit it's not a, not being tested at the highest level, is probably working out better than people have expected it to. We've not seen Bernie and victory, but all mankind obviously has made a really fine start to his chasing career. Aspire Tower turned over Abacadabras. Maybe it was a half-decent race. And maybe Goshen is, you know, the best bar and epitome we have on this side. Look, obviously, you have to... I guess it's factored into the price somewhat, the potential. Because there are reasonably good horses in opposition here. Some for someone, like you said, who I put up as the outsider of three when you want to ask it. And he's taken steps forward. Really... Each start of the past season and the beginning of this one. So Riles had a fine campaign run up to Epitone in the fight in fifth. Um, uh, we know a lot about the likes of, you know, Chittabello, Silver Streak and Baliande. Silver Streak to me is the overpriced one at eight to one. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. We saw what happened to him in the fight in fifth. He got taken out fairly early on by the loose horse. He won that listed race really impressively, um, beating Vidana Blue, and it was a new track record that day. Um, he's a horse that doesn't get enough credit as he deserves he, he, he finished sixth in the champion hurdle and I just thought he just made a few stupid mistakes which he's not really like him um, <laughs> would every horse who finished ahead of him in the champion be second fav for this or fav I think yes yeah I think I'd agree uh, Charger Java Star uh, obviously Epiton the winner Silo Saint-Marie and Petit Mouchoir. Maybe not Petit Mouchoir, he'd probably be around a similar price as song for someone, to be fair, so royal. But I think all the others would be clear second five, and that's why I, I, I can't work out exactly why he's eight when his Cheltenham record's really good. You know, third in the champion hurdle in 2019. And he looked, good, he looked as good as ever at Kempton. Yeah, uh, and, and who knows what had happened in that fighting fifth. I agree with you, I do think he is overpriced. Um... Do I think he could beat Groshin? Possibly not. Um, I, I, I like Song for someone, and whenever I've been with him, he's managed to find a way for him to lose. Um, in a tricky race, I think I'd probably stick with Silver Street because he's, he's so consistent in these Cheltenham uh, graded races. Uh, I really, really like him. Somerville Boy is a horse that you liked really early on in his career, isn't he, Lee? I still like him. I napped him when he won at Aintree uh, back in, oh, well, it was the start of November, actually. Uh, and I thought he ran with fair amounts of credit, stepped up to three miles last season. You know, he won the Rail Keel, gave Paisley Park a race in the Cleave. And whilst was slightly below form in the stairs, it wasn't abysmal either. Does he not just need further now, though? Yeah, that is that is the main one. I'm I'm interested to see why they dropped him back because I I thought he he plodded on quite well in the um, long distance. I thought he ran with a lot of credit. Um, 
two mile, I just don't think he's quick enough. But he could he could be a pace angle in this. Um, but for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Silver Streak. I'm gonna say it. I think Ocean will win. Uh, it's not the most original, but he's he, look. He, he's the one with the potential here to be a proper Grade One horse. I think we know whilst whilst the rest are really really decent and indicious, probably need to take a step up. And the vast majority of them are well exposed. Some for someone like I said, he's the one who's probably likeliest uh, to take another step forward as Goshen is. And Silver Streak at the prices would be the each way bet, but I think Goshen will get the job done. I don't think eleven to four is an awful price. Do you think? He'd, do you think he'd be shorter had he not run on the flat? Yeah, I'd, I'd say he'd be about ooh, five to four. I think he'll get smashed though on Saturday. Yeah, I think he'll be a lot shorter on Saturday. I think he might even go off odds on. Bold call there. Both called Jim Watson moving markets. At one fifteen, it's a spread X handicap chase. Over two miles and you're at seven to two Ibley L four to one Zanza. Eleven to two Magic say in Capeland. Six to one good old Sky Pirate. Tens Nisha. Twelve born survivor. Fourteen to one Forest Behan. And twenty two to one Gino Trail. How are you gonna analyse this? Um, it's it, it's a fascinating race, isn't it? Um, you start with the top of the market in Iblio, very likely race, only the uh, eight starts, and two of them have been in um, novice chases. Um, impressive in them. He's been pitched into handicap chases the last two times, well, including that listed one last time where he got beat by a Moolah Gold. Now, me and Lewis were just having a little chat about this race before we came on air, and I'm I think Iblio should have won last night, last time out, sorry, and I just think he worried himself out of it later on. I know Amula Gold's a horse that's held up, and, and Lewis made the point that he does need to come late, and that's his performance. But I just feel like Iblio was just worried out a bit. I thought he had plenty of time to put the race to bed after the last. Um, and he just didn't and I was slightly disappointed about that um, I think he should have won is that a worry going into this it, it worries me slightly um, he's been put up £5 for finishing second at a neck um, which is slightly disappointing uh, for connections but they're in a, another competitive race here we saw Zanza uh, last time at win at Newbury, I, I was taken by that performance. He stayed on really strongly in the end. Um, did jump to his right a few times, which did slightly worry me. Um, we saw him bump into all mankind early on in the season, and, and, and that's certainly not done. Uh, the form of that's not done him any uh, harm. His win was good, but there was a few fallers. The Russian Doyen, Western Miller, Moonlighter all fell. Moonlighter bringing in the Halden Gold Cup form. The King of May has won prior to that but in, in lesser company and um, has bits and pieces of form but I'm I'm still not sure on on the form of uh, last time out even though he did win Magic Saint in here we saw him uh, they kept him over two miles and he finished fourth behind first floor which 
he he made a couple mistakes, which for him isn't really like him. Um, we saw him running the Bet Victor last year, and he finished fifth behind Happy Diva. Uh, if he re- reproduces any form of that, I think he won't be far away. I know he is eleven uh, eleven pound higher than that, but Brian Carver takes off a valuable three pounds. I'd certainly wouldn't begrudge begrudge him off that mark with with Brian Carver on, um, but. He's had a lot of races in quite quick succession, which is my slight worry because he's not a horse that's took his racing like this normally. Um, I, I, I like his chances, but I'd, I'd be worried about it. A horse that I do have a lot of time for is Born Survivor, uh, who won a listed handicap chase at the air meeting, and that's normally his time of year. We see him run really credit at, with credit at that time of the year. Um, but he, he's had a few nice performances uh, so far this year, and one of them was behind Magic Saint uh, at Cheltenham. Um, made a few too many many errors last time out. Um, he, he, he was three pound above his last winning mark. The skeleton horses are going really, really well at the minute. We saw him uh, with All Mankind last weekend, and um, and we've seen during this week he, he's had a few winners. He had a nice winner at Warwick today as we record on the Thursday. Um but I I feel like he's he's got a race over two miles in him like this. And if his jumping holds up being over this trip, I, I think he could run well at a price. Um I think there's a fair enough amount of speed gonna be on. Uh and the race could slightly fall fall apart. Gino Trail will certainly go forward a absolute standing dish in the two mile division. I absolutely adore Gino. Such a pretty looking uh, horse, and hopefully he can run with a bit of credit and, and come back safe and sound. I might have a grand riding on this race, mate. So uh, I've, I've I've been watching it more than I have anything else, and I'm being boring, and I am landing on the favourite Iblio at seven to two. I I, I think the the two likely race ones at the top, Iblio and Zanza are probably the likeliest winners of it. Uh, the case for Iblio, look, he's, he's ran four times over fences, won his first two, uh, including at Huntingdon on his second start, where he he absolutely smacked uh, Fanzio of Richard Hobson's, who's now rated in the mid-130s, finished second today, actually, uh, did Fanzio. And then uh, the two times he's been beaten have been by horses who were, were clearly really, really well handicapped at the time. On his last start last season, he got done in by Canelo, giving Canelo six pounds. Canelo was rated one two five that day. He's now off one two four. Sorry, one four two, not one two four. That that'd be making worse. Uh, and then, like you said, uh, when he got done in by Amula Gold on his first start of the season, it was a really narrow margin, a short head. And the Moolah goal literally led for half a stride. The pair of them were pulling clear of the third Molyneux. I'm not having that. It was a, it was a, uh, an ungame performance because he had no time to battle back because it was a, oh, a Moolah goal to you. Oh, here's the line. You know, he couldn't have, he couldn't have turned it into a scrap even had he wanted to. A Moolah goal has since gone on and finished narrowly beaten by first four under a really, really similar ride. He's now up to one, three, four. Iblio and the Moolah goal were both running that off the same mark. Of one three two, so if Amula Gold is a one four three horse, surely um, Iblio can win this off one three seven. Surely he's ahead of his mark. 
his handicap yeah. might generous. It was just the fact he didn't want to put his head down in battle last time. Um, maybe, maybe that's that's something that I've noticed, and maybe some headgear might enable him to run a bit better. If he had a pair of cheap pieces on, maybe I'd be more up his street. You see, you, you just, I, I think you're seeing something that I don't think is there. Yeah. I think it's like, imagine a boxing match, and after five seconds, no one's at each other. And then you go, oh, well, neither of them won it. Mm. There wasn't a chance for a scrap to develop, in my opinion. The also I'm most scared of is the second fav, Zanza. Uh, rather boring, like you spoke about him before. The race he won at, Newbury, I was keen on him for then. It kind of fell apart around him. Moonlight and the main danger, according to the market, uh, fell early on. And Zanza didn't really end up with much to beat, but he properly scooted clear. And it's, he's not been unduly punished either, with a £7 rise. I just kind of see, we kind of knew more about Zanza as a hurdler. He was a decent mid-130s type. And whilst he looked physically like the sort that I'd take a step forward uh, for a chaser, given that, if I'm to utilise my logic, Iblio might be a 1-2-4 horse, you know, at minimum running off one three six. that means Zanza might have to be a one fifty horse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite certain about that. Uh, the two Paul Nichols types, Magic State and Capeland, again, I can see why they're both relatively prominent in the betting. I'd prefer Capeland of the two. He's not quite kicked on as as uh, people would have expected since he won the Hurst Park last season. But it was a bit more like it in that race last year, off the same mark again, 150. Fair enough chance, although he didn't seem to enjoy Cheltenham uh, when he ran in the Grand Annual or uh, in the JLT last two uh, the last two seasons. Magic Saint obviously won over CND at the last Cheltenham meeting. Might be a bit high in the weights now off 159. Uh, it was with Brian Carver's £5 claim, ended up being 147. He won that handicap chase off at the Paddy Power meeting. Uh, Carver's claim's up to three now. So this is technically 156. That might be a bit stiff. And, uh, Rather fittingly, Sky Pirate and Nietzsche are in the same race because obviously Nietzsche was a, a nihilist philosophy, wasn't he? Who, you know, mm-hmm. kind of went along the lines of, you know, there is no point to life, you know, a life's just full of suffering. And that really is what Sky Pirate makes me think. <laughs> uh, I can see why they're dropping Sky Pirate back to two miles. Because the shorter the race, the less time there is for him to blow out and bottle it. This is the first time he's ever run over this distance as well. Yeah, it is. And I can see why they're doing it, which worries me. Surely not, though. If Iblio gets mugged on the line by Sky Pirate, you might not see me again. (laughs) Poor Lewis. We've got to feel for him, but hopefully you can do the business with Iblio. Um, and hopefully win Tipster. Yeah, it, it'd be a good job. I've, I was gonna, I was gonna record my little piece of it before turf talk, and I, I started, uh, I started trying to do my air for it about an hour before we recorded, and I've not got around to filming yet because I want to do my air. 
<laughs> if there was ever a statement to sum up Lewis Tomlinson, it probably would be that. Got to impress, mate. Got to impress. The one actually, I can actually make a half a case at a big price for Forrest Bian. Who's this? Is the first kind of real race he's running in for a while, because the old Rowan last season doesn't count because it was a bumper. And uh, then he, you know, he fell in the race over hurdles at Warlord one at Haydock on on Betfair Chase Day, but. He was fourth in the Grand Annual in 2019 off a similar mark. He's probably at his best of, got a little bit in hand of 153 as well, Forrest Bean. He's 14 to 1. There's obvious risks attached. You need to take a little bit of a leap of faith because we've not seen him have a real horse race for a while. But I thought, I thought he was interesting enough at 14 to 1, but hopefully Iblio will get the job done for me. Good luck and I think Carl I like the chances of Born Survivor. I think there's a nice handicap in him. Um he'll need to improve on his fourth behind Magic Saint last time, but um hopefully he can jump a bit better. That's the main priority. The rest of the Cheltenham card, Jim, anything you particularly want to discuss? Um on the Saturday there's the novice chase which sees Chantry House try and make it two out of two. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing infusal raffles in that and K Destan. Um they need to go a fair bit to step up on that. Um the potato race, the Bristol novices hurdle, um, is an interesting sort of race. There's a lot of horses who um who we've seen out oh, fairly often so far this season. Um Ashtown lads, uh, two out of three so far. Windhouse has been two out of two over hurdles. I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of her. I think there's there could be some nice mares races to be won with her. Um, she's showed a willing attitude last time over two mile five. Stayed on really well. Was ridden for about three furlongs and, and stuck to the job really well. Does need to improve upon that. Was carrying the penalty that day. But the step up to three miles for the first time, I think, will suit. She showed in a bumper days that... Um, she always hit the line really, really strongly. Um, she was second behind Vegas Blue in a listed race. She's slightly disappointed so far, but Marada's not done too bad for the form. few wins here and there are over hurdles, but I think Windhouse needs to progress a slight bit more. But I, I, think there's, I think there is progression in it, and with the Mayor's allowance in this, I think she's got a chance, and Alan King's horses are just hitting top gear now. Fair enough, mate. Like I said, yeah, Shantry House really should get the job done in that novice chase. Adagio will be last saw getting done by Duffelcoat. He's fav for the novice hurdle. Uh, in the in the potato race qualifier, you were just there discussing Winhouse. Ashtown Lad is the favourite for it, obviously. Had his absolute ass under to him by Glynn when they met at Doncaster back in January, and Glynn's running. Uh, on the Friday, he's, he's best price 11 to 10 to win on his handicap debut. Why have they only given him 134? Hilarious. Uh, hopefully, he gets the job done. Uh, that's a tidy enough race. Danny Kerwin seems to be putting it all together. For the first time in a long time, I thought he did quite well last time out, and he might actually be where I'm siding in this vastly experienced for a novice hurdler. I think this is actually his third season as a novice hurdler. Uh, He'll be eight come New Year's Day, but 
in this sort of race that turns into a real slog, maybe that'll count for him being a little bit more battle-hardened than some of the younger, less experienced types in here. And in the Mare's Handicap Hurdle, it's a good race, to be fair, indefatigable. Uh, the Cheltenham Festival winner is top of the top of the weights at Eglantine de Soy, another former festival winner in there as well. But I like Mia Grace for uh, Jed O'Keefe, runner-up to Mario de Pale at Weatherby last time out. She, she seems like a seriously, seriously genuine, genuine mare. Quite a big fan of hers in general, and I hope she can make the raid down south worthwhile. She's, you know, she's normally seen at tracks up north round Hexham and Weatherby. Uh, so I'd love for her to get the job done in that race. Anything you want to talk about at Donny on Saturday, Jim? I know you were speaking to a Paul Taylor about of all the gin joints. Yeah, he's uh, entered in the Grade Two at Doncaster, the novice chase. Um, I, I, I think that. Uh, I, I was impressed by his performance beating St. Bart's because I thought he was quite progressive going over fences. Of course, he's a turf talk 12 to follow. Um, he stayed on really strongly, stays all day, and I'm, he'll probably get the job done uh, at Doncaster. House Island did win last time out, but I think that was a bit of a whack race. Um, and there's not a lot in behind that I think... Hurricane Harvey has to step up on his second in the in the Rising Stars at Wincanton. I thought um, that race sort of fell apart a bit. But even though he he did beat Emmy Tom, maybe that form isn't as good as what I thought at the time. The mighty Don's entered on the Friday at Cheltenham, so I don't think he'll be turning up here. Uh, and Milanford has to improve on his second behind Laird Devont, who's in the novice chase as well at Cheltenham on Saturday. Um, I think he should take all the beating. 11-8 to 8 in a few places is a really good price and sweep that up. Yeah, we also have the Summit Juvenile Hurdle. Jim was questioning earlier. Uh, why do they have two Grade 2 Juvenile Hurdles on the same day? I don't know. It doesn't seem to make much sense, but Mon Miral, uh, the big money purchase for Paul Nichols, who got the job done on his stable debut at Exeter, is uh, a 6-4 to four run favourite to beat the Irish Raider. Glorious Zoff of Gordon Elliott's. Uh, there's also a, a tidy enough handicap chase at 3.15 at Donny, which is Bold Mia, the 7.22 favourite to beat Jersey Bean at Falls, Man of the Mountain Fives, Give Me a Copper, and Chidswell at Eights. Single farm payment is 10s and 14 to 1 bar them. Any brief thoughts on this, mate? Man of the Mountain ran with a lot more credit in the handicap chase than I was expecting. I know he went off favourite, but. He's a horse that I quite liked, and he he was pitching into tougher company, and I didn't think he ran that badly. He just weakened towards the end. Um, he's off the same mark here, and he he's been on the upgrade prior to that. This this is slightly calmer than than others, uh, and I still think there's a race to be won off one three seven. Um, I, I, the better the ground, the better it is for him. He, he's been withdrawn a couple of times on accounts of the ground. Um, this race. Could be a nice stepping stone for him. Give me a copper is uh, returning and having his seasonal outing here. We saw him in the Badger Beers last year being really impressive. He's £4 above that winning mark, so would need to improve again. But um, the wind surgery certainly helps him because he's, he's a horse that's clearly had his problems and, uh, and hopefully that sorted one of them out. And Bold Mia last season was... Going to win the Towton, and that was a WAF race as well. His fourth behind Secret Investor was 
okay, and he, he's fourth behind Nossi Chance. You would have quite liked to have seen him a bit closer. Um, I, I think he's he's t- take. I'd be willing to take him on. I think his price is on the short side. If he was around six or sevens, I'd, I'd probably be more with him. Um, but he, he's a progressive stave chaser. Uh, and good old single farm payments in this for Henry Oliver then. Yeah, I, I like giving me a compliment. I put him up for the beach last week. He didn't turn up. The reasoning would be the same. Uh, Rosewell Fresh, only £4 higher than his Badger uh, Beers win last season. I don't think he's poorly weighted off one four six. They managed to get him to a race course, which is a good enough sign in itself. Uh, I hope he'll be capable of winning this again and hopefully we see him in the National this season. Friday, Jim. Uh, before we go to Cheltenham, I just want to make a minor note that I had not realised before uh, about the Donny card on Friday. Obviously, uh, after Glyn goes and wins at 2.17, at 2.52, Lord Scoundrel's running and he's with Graham McPherson now. I missed that one. Yeah, do you not know? I didn't know. I, I think he's only had a, the one start for Mr. McPherson, but I, I haven't seen him for a long while, and he's, he's back and he's in, up in Scotland now. So good luck to Lord Scoundrel. Uh, the Cheltenham card on Friday, the big one is the Peterborough gym. By the time you're listening to this, it might well have happened. Uh, but top notch in Kalashnikov now nine to two joint favourites. When we started recording this. Jim Kalashnikov was about 6-1. to one. <laughs> So he's been backed in quite quickly. Mr. Fisher, Fanny and Destrebal, 15-2. Clondor Castle, 13-2. Dolos, 7s. Glenn Forster, 16. Bundoran, 20-1. Who will win? Um, it's, a, it's a funny enough sort of race, this. There's, you can poke holes in a lot of them, and probably the most consistent since the start of this season has probably been Clondor Castle. Um, I think he's he needs to progress and he, his second in the old Roman was good um, he got the job done at Newbury last time beat the field quite impressively um, some nice types in that who, who normally run well in that sort of race um, stepping up into a grade 2 do I think he's good enough probably not um, but he's certainly the one on form and of recent times that's on the roll top notch he's a solid horse in in this sort of sphere. We saw him win the race uh, when it was at Huntingdon last year. Um, he was disappointing in the Sylvania Conti, but um, you'd have liked to have seen him finish a bit closer to Froden. But off since then, um, we didn't see him at Cheltenham. More than likely would have seen him at, at uh, Aintree. He has had wind surgery since then. I said to Lewis early on, I'm not 100% on him first time out. I never think he's he's peaked, ready to go. I know he did win last season, first time out. But going back in his form, I, I have slight question marks with that. Kalashnikov, I thought, ran with a, a lot of credit in that stairs handicap hurdle at up behind me. In fact, uh, back over fences today, was had wind surgery. He was a very, very exciting prospect as a novice, going into his novice chasing career and Maybe he's not quite lived up to the hype, but he's not been half bad in it. Um, I do think the price has gone on Kalashnikov. That's that's the only negative. Um, if he was sixties, I think he's a solid each way. But uh, ninety-two, he slightly worried me out of it. 
Uh, and Mr Fisher needs to improve on his uh, Paddy Power disappointment. I, I thought he ran with a lot of credit in the marsh, ridden towards the back of the field in that race. And maybe if Nico was to look at that race again, maybe he'd like to have been a bit closer. Um, I thought Stamina was fairly assured for that. Um, his form of Doncaster's worked out to be okay. The Al Dancers in the Caspian Caviar. Um, and Fanny and Destreval, we saw from his second to Magic Saint, was really, really impressive at Newbury on his, his first start in England. Um, slightly disappointed since then. Um, but he's the progressive one that could stamp his authority on this race. It's not a race I particularly fancy a lot in. I think Kalashnikov will win, but the price is gone. Yeah, I think the market probably has it about right now. I think the winner will probably come from Top Notch or Kalashnikov. Uh, look, Top Notch. He's never run in a handicap before. 158 here. Uh, this isn't a handicap. You are correct, Jim. <laughs> Someone's got it mixed up with a Caspian. Yeah. In, entirely correct. This isn't a handicap. Uh, therefore, his rating has absolutely no matter whatsoever. But well, he was—he obviously won this race last year over a, a course about as far removed from Cheltenham as you can get. Fairly slightly disappointing in the Sylvian Marco Conte, but his overall body of form is generally really, really solid. We know he tries. I know you've said to me before about Top Notch that you're not the most keen on him first time out, but it's not a problem I have I have with him. Uh, and Kalashnikov, good old Kalashnikov slow, as we used to call him, actually ran generally quite well last season. Arguably disappointing uh, end to it, but ran with fair enough credit on his seasonal comeback at Haydock. We know this trip and uh, track suit him. 9-2 to to get his first win since his novice chasing days. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I can see that. It's a really, really tidy little race, though. Mr Fisher and Fanny on Destreval are both fives. Fanny on... Look, I I was really, really impressed with Matt Newbury. Flopped at Kempton and was fine behind Magic State last time out. I can see why they're stepping him up in trip, although I think he needs to pull more out once again. And at Mr Fisher's best, yeah, completely. He'd be capable of winning a race like this. Not sh- I get the feeling he, he probably wants a little bit more of a speed test than this will be, though. And he, he was disappointing on the first start uh, this season at Cheltenham. Also on the Friday, mate, the Unibet handicap chase, the grade three at two twenty five court made seven to four black court and nine to two storm control seven to one fifteen to two west approach Commodore Potter's legend twenty five steely edition. Any brief thoughts? Court made absolutely hosed up last time in that grade B chase. Anything like that. Take all the beating, only £3 higher for that. Uh, in under the penalty against more exposed rivals, I think probably should take all the beating, but don't rule out good old West approach in this division. This is something that he could sneak up on and pinch late on. We saw him beat Achille last year in that grade three. Uh, 
he's a he's a difficult ride, but he's a he's a horse with a lot of talent, and um, he was third off two pound higher in this last year. So claims if he's if he's going his way. I'd agree. I think Time Form have caught made as the third or fourth best novice chase we've seen this season, actually, uh, after what she did in the Porterstown. She should win. And there's a cross-country race without a lot of the familiar names. Well, a lot of the familiar top names, I guess. Kingswell Theatres here, who won the corresponding race at the last meeting. Good old out Sam and Boulder Breeze, also involved. The Favs never rush a con one over the banks in the risk of thunder chase last time out uh, at Punchestown and a really interesting one here step back into the cross country sphere for the first time any opinion on this I like one at a big old price here 28 I, I really like the chances of some neck if he improves on his jumping his third when he's in the risk of uh, thunder behind never rush a con I, I certainly think he's got a chance He's had two runs for his current connections, having been with Willie Willings. He won the Florida Pearl in his novice uh, career, and cheap pieces on might help him concentrate a bit more. Um, a valuable seven pound off his back. Um, if he improves on on that performance, I think he'll be a lot closer. And uh, he plugged on well in the end. And three mile six isn't an issue for me. He's run well in the Grand National Trial uh, behind Dunicos before. Uh, plugged on over three mile four. I think he's very very slow, and something like this is interesting. And uh, I, I still think I think twenty eight is a massive price about him. I, I think he should be a fair bit shorter than that. He's he made a, quite a few mistakes in that risk of thunder, and he'll improve for that as it was his first uh, cross country start. Um, and I think he's a big old price at twenty eight. Nap him then. Yeah, I might do. Oh, we'll see whether the boy has a bollocks. Uh, and the last race at Cheltenham on the Friday, we'll just briefly touch on is the City Post handicap hurdle. This is strongly on the blind side, nine to two. Sevens, and you you know what I mean, Harry, in my head. Eights, come on, Teddy, good die the band, good die dancer, good by dancer. Twelves, uh, Agrippa, Delarca, fourteen to one, but then. Any opinion on this, mate? I like the horse who you couldn't say the name of. Goodbye, dancer. Um, his form around Cheltenham, um, three mile handicap hurdles, is really, really good. He, was, he won uh, one of them last year. I, I think it was this meeting. Um, and he won off a mark of 124. He's now uh, one pound below that. And he was going to go and win one in January. Uh, when falling at the last, he was travelling with Supreme Ease, uh, and he, I think he got put up £7 for that. His mark's been dropping slowly, um, and since he's been with uh, Fergal O'Brien, he, he's he, he started really well, but it's tailed off slightly. He needs to um, improve on what he's been showing of recent time, but his handicap mark is now below his last winning one, in which it was a similar race to this. I think he's got a serious chance at eight. Fair enough, mate. I might have a bit of a swing here, and I want to. I want to know about what you feel about a horse whose mark is falling, but I think he might be capable of off winning off, and I think he's shaped a little bit better than the bare results have started on his first two races this season. Eighteen to one, a mark of one three one. What about Vive Loire? 
Interesting. You know, he's he, at his best, he was a better horse than this. You know, second in the Lanzarote back end of last year, also placed uh, at the Hennessy meeting behind Champers on ice and won for the team. Slipped to 1-3-1. You know, his, his Hennessy second was off 1-3-7. He was third at Pumpton and fifth at Yatoxia on his two starts this season. But I thought generally he went well enough for a lower. He's always a huge price anyway. Generally, he's not from, you know, I think Tony Carroll trains him. He's not the most, uh, I guess, sexy yard. And he generally tends to go off a reasonable price all the time. You know, he was 18, he was 16 to 1, sorry, when he was runner up in the Lanzarote. 22 was last time out. He's 18s here. I think he's sliding without regressing as much as uh, the mark suggests. Maybe a little each way one. Yeah, he's certainly on a tempting mark, isn't he? Um, and back up three mile, strongly run race. It, it's tempting. Potentially, mate. Anything else from the weekend you'd like to talk about? Um, not really, no. There's Carlisle on Sunday. There's a Potemps race that, you know, my hatred for Potemps race. Interesting commander of fleets in that for Gordon Elliott. I don't know if that's the plan for him. Um, he made a disappointing uh, novice chase start but he's in, he's in that Potemps race I thought that was slightly interesting whether he'll come over is a different question um, is there anything else in the tracker that's of interest for you uh, Glenn's running tomorrow with Clarendon Street and you mentioned that uh, Clarendon Street's been off for a while he's a stable companion Um no, not really. Fairly quiet weekend for the tracker. Captain Blackpearl's running at Doncaster on Friday. That, he's a horse I quite like and thinks progressive. He won a nice uh, race last time. Uh, I think he'll take all the beating. Yeah, also from me, good handicap at Fairy House on the Saturday in two because he's the fourth one fan for that. Obviously, the uh, Grand Annual winner. Chosen mate in there with sizing potsy. Off you go, Daily Tiger. Uh, etc. A lot of Ireland's best two-mile handicap chasers really taking each other on there. That's a good little race. Hereford have a really tidy uh, novice chase as well. The Patriot taking on Elixir de Nuts. Uh, I'd be with the Newland horse here. I know you generally like Elixir de Nuts, but I've never been a fan of him, if I'm honest. Always felt he looked a little bit slow. Uh, he'll probably make me eat my words saying that. Uh, and I've drifted to three to one. So if you fancy me, uh, I mean, if if you could, if I drift another third of a point, they're on the same price as English King was in the derby. <laughs> Maybe then you might get sold for eight hundred and odd thousand. That's the plan. That's yeah. the, the plan for me is to get absolutely dicked on Saturday. Uh, continue the rest of the season and then just go and leave it large in Australia for the rest of my life I'll go and send you off to work on an Australian podcast for 800 grand <laughs> hey I'm big time now lad I'll start charging <laughs> get in the bin RTR Naps pal uh, Naps going to come in the Caspian caviar why not we'll, we'll take it head on with Master Tommy Tucker um, next best 
you know what? Next best, we'll go some neck in the cross country on the Friday, 28 to 1. And reserve will be Silver Streak in the international. Uh, my nap has to be Iblio. Because it just has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> and the next best has to be Glynn. Because it also just has to be. So it's only left me with a reserve. Which puts me... I'll save Evelyn, why, why not? Why Let's have a swing at 18 to 1 to... So, uh, so I'm not as boring as putting up the two horses I I obviously have to put up. <laughs> the one that might win me a grand and the one I have a share in. Uh, good effort there, Tomo. I think that's it for this week, is it, pal? I think so. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in, and thanks to everyone, who, thanks to everyone who's backed us for Tipstar as well. It's it's absolutely mad to see the support, and I know a lot of that comes from people who enjoy turf talk. It baffles me that people even bother listening to us. It baffles me even more that people enjoy it. Uh, it baffles me that people care enough to to actually go and vote for me. So thanks a lot to that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the looks on our side on Saturday uh, with Iblio. Uh, thanks. Uh, to rating the races for the support. Thanks to Jim for turning, turning up. up another week. I hope you had a good birthday. Yeah, it could have been better. It'd be better if we have a few winners at the weekend. Aye, and uh, thanks to myself just for being nice to look at. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see. Uh, I'll see you all next week. See you later. Good luck, Luke. <laughs>